This show is brought to you in part by the Iron Range Resources and Rehabilitation. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Hudson. As a musician, I was always a bit embarrassed to say I had never been to Memphis, Tennessee. That changed this past May when I scored a ticket to the 39th Annual Blues Foundation Awards, formerly the W.C. Handys. My run-on buddy, Wee Willie Walker, was up for five awards, including Entertainer of the Year. Willie was born in Memphis, and I wanted to be by his side and help him celebrate this event. The whole affair came together beautifully. Last summer, I was up playing at the Bayfront Blues Fest in Duluth. I got into an elevator at the hotel, and the other guy in the elevator said, You look just like a buddy of mine from Minneapolis. I asked him who, and he said, Paul Metza. I pulled my sunglasses down on the tip of my nose and said, Tim Fitch, I am Paul Metza. We spent the rest of the night working on a bottle of Zambuca at the Carmody Pub across the street and reliving old times. Tim worked at the Caboose Bar for years and then worked for Sue McLean and Associates. He moved to Memphis 12 years ago and is one of the top guys at Beaver Productions, the largest rock and roll promoter in Memphis. He told me if I was ever in Memphis to let him know and I could stay in his guest room. I was gifted a free frequent flyer ticket by a lovely woman named Emily Mundall. I called Tim and told him I was going to be in town on the morning of May 10th. He picked me up at the airport and we went downtown. He had to finish up stuff at his office, and I was going to meet Emily and our friend Julia Schroeder for lunch. Man, oh man, I was finally in Memphis. It was nearly 90 degrees and humid, but after the never-ending winter in Minneapolis, I was not going to start complaining about the heat. In fact, I shoveled an old codger out of a snowbank on April 17th, for God's sakes. After lunch, we hit the streets to explore the birthplace of rock and roll. You can almost feel a low-level hum on these streets, some sort of otherworldly vibration that has propelled this Mississippi River town for decades, if not centuries. We first hit the Peabody Hotel right downtown. The opulent hotel, which opened for business in 69 at its first location and reopened in 1925 at its new location. Over the years, it has hosted several presidential stays, a nationwide big band broadcast starring the Tommy Dorsey Band and the Andrew Sisters, and also features the Peabody Ducks, five ducks that are marched into the lobby at 11 a.m. of the hotel where they frolicked in the fountain until they are marched back up to their rooftop palace. The Peabody is also referred to as the gateway to the Delta. Next to the lobby is the site of the Lansky Brothers Clothing Store. The original Lansky Brothers on the corner of 2nd and Beale Street is most famous as the place where young Elvis Presley bought his clothes as well as most of the other entertainers in Memphis, including Willie Walker. The original Lansky Brothers is now the Hard Rock Hotel. On Thursday night, I made my way to the convention center where the Blues Foundation Awards were being held. I got there just in time to hear Willie Walker open the show with the eight-piece Anthony Pauley Orchestra and blew the roof off the place. Though Willie didn't win any awards due to his nominations at the event for the last three years, he is now the most nominated artist in the 39-year history of the awards. I enjoyed the rest of the evening meeting musicians, agents, and blues fans from around the world and spent time over the patio watching dust settle on Memphis as we overlooked the historic bridge that leads to West Memphis. On Friday, I went to the Blues Jam at the Hard Rock and heard some of the finest blues musicians in America, including Nick Moss, Anson Funderburg, Billy Flynn, and Rick Estrin, among others. And here is where I started my man-on-the-street interviews that you will be hearing tonight. The rest of the weekend found Tim Fitch, his lovely girlfriend Erica, and myself at Graceland for four hours on Saturday. Interestingly enough, Tim and Erica lived only a mile from Elvis's original house he bought in 1956 in Memphis for he and his parents with the money he made from Heartbreak Hotel. I highly recommend visiting Graceland if you are down in Memphis. You get to tour the first floor of the house, which leads you to the backyard where Lisa Marie's swing set still stands. It is right next to the office that Elvis's dad, Vernon, set up. 
and also next to the shooting gallery, formerly the smokehouse where you will see empty shell casings. I didn't see the bullet hole in the swing set that somebody told me about when I got back, but can only imagine the night that happened. You can go through Elvis's racquetball court, replete with an 8-track tape machine and a piano. Elvis played racquetball there the morning he died. You then end up at the graves of Elvis, Father Vernon, Mother Gladys, and a stillborn twin, Jesse. Like a friend of mine commented, as you walk through the house, you feel like you are visiting the house of an all-American boy who loved his parents. And when you get to the graves, you feel like you are at the funeral of an old friend. From there, you go across the highway to several conjoined buildings where a ton of Elvis's memorabilia is held, including the boat he named after his mother, his snowmobile, reconfigured to become an all-terrain vehicle, and so much more. The day we were there, there were at least four Elvis impersonators in full regalia who had made the pilgrimage to their Valhalla. On Sunday, I visited the powerful National Civil Rights Museum, at the site of the Loring Motel, where many black entertainers stayed during the years while in Memphis, and where, of course, Martin Luther King was murdered while in town for the sanitation workers' strike. Oddly enough, Tim and Erica's house was six blocks where the strike originated, and where two sanitation workers, Robert Walker and Nicole Cole, were crushed in the back of a garbage truck following years of poor pay and working conditions. The museum starts in the lobby of the hotel. You get your ticket and then view a 12-minute video of the history of the museum. The first large room had a sculpture of 12 naked slaves, chained together exactly how they had to sit and endure the three-month journey to America. They have detailed artifacts and information into how slaves were traded and for how much you could purchase them. They have detailed artifacts and information about the slave trade. Heart-wrenching stuff. You can almost imagine the pain, anguish, and sorrow that must have accompanied that journey. Trust me, these days, every citizen in America needs to see this museum. It then chronicles the abolitionist movement and later the struggle for civil rights. They have the actual bus that carried Freedom Riders and was bombed by the KKK in 1964 with the smoke and fire damage still on the sides of the Greyhound. The first part of the tour ends just four to five feet away from where Dr. Martin Luther King took his last breath. It is an incredibly moving experience to be geographically that close to one of the darkest moments in American history. You then walk across the street to view the boarding house where the killing shot came from. All in all, the entire weekend was an incredibly moving experience for me. As my two touchstones coming of age were, number one, seeing Elvis at the World's Fair in 1964, a great movie where this good-looking young man sang like a house on fire, played guitar, had a band, won all his fights, drove nice cars, and got all the girls. At nine years old, I decided, not a bad way to live one's life. I became politically aware at 12 years old, listening to Martin Luther King, the power of his poetry and his message. And during the height of the Vietnam War, felt and eventually knew that Dr. King was a prophet put here to lead us out of the darkness. Imagine America now without him. So tonight, I hope you enjoy these interviews. God bless Martin Luther King, Elvis Presley, and God bless America. If you love somebody enough, you go wherever your heart tells you to go. That's how I got to be Looking for my baby, that's how I got to be Tell me, she isn't here. I guess I have to follow 
halo of genius But that's how I got to Memphis Memphis Walkumentary starts after these messages. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. a wide selection of outdoor hearth products at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether you prefer wood or gas, Woodland Stoves has the fire to fit your home. Pizza aficionados know nothing matches masonry oven baking for capturing flavor and nutrition. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can easily install one in your home or business. Enthusiasts use these ovens year-round for bread making, wood roasting, even grilling. The mission and passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. The way humans relate to fire is primordial. We have used fire to warm our bodies, cook our meals, and kindle our spirits. Our team has the know-how to do this in a clean-burning and environmentally smart way. Visit our store and experience the diversity. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin. See us online at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that fits and works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. 
I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. Now we begin my walkie-mentary from Memphis, Tennessee, May 10th and 11th, 2018. I got a great uh, dry Uber driver tonight uh, to take me from downtown Memphis out to uh, Hummingbird Lane. And he had a, a couple of great stories about Elvis Presley. He uh, it's about time you saw Elvis in the barbershop. Well, I was getting my hair cut, and uh, my barber said, hey, you know who that is? And I said, who? And he said, yeah, the guy about to walk out the door. He said, that's Elvis. I said, turn me around just in time for me to see Elvis walking out the door. He had stopped in there to visit one of his friends who happened to be a barber. <laughs> now, tell us the great story about uh, the, the, uh, about the, uh, the breakdown on the highway and who came to fix, uh, help him out, the uh, broke down car. It's been a number of years. I used to always check out every page of the newspaper. Way back in there somewhere was a photograph of the side of the interstate with a broke-down car. And it said a local resident, Elvis Presley, uh, stopped in the middle of the night there to help a broke-down motorist. And I've always thought that was great. Uh, it showed what kind of guy he was. And I've never seen it in any kind of uh, memorabilia collections of any kind. I would love for somebody to find that. <laughs> is in the commercial appeal, and I imagine it was probably back in the late 60s or early 70s, maybe. Do you think Elvis actually got out and uh, jacked up the... Uh... Oh, he was out there helping the man out. Wow. He, uh, if he couldn't help him fix it, I bet you he saw to it that he w- that wasn't <laughs> stranded anymore, you know? Called his buddies Red and Sonny to come and take care of him. Yeah, he. I'm sure he took care of him pretty good. <laughs> got the full Elvis treatment, maybe, you know. <laughs> Bill, this is a, thanks for these stories. I'm going to tip you and get out. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you too, Paul. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, uh, this is your man on the corner in Memphis, Tennessee, Paul Metza. I just happened to bump into a gentleman from Washington, D.C. He and his uh, lovely gal were uh, perusing the Lorraine Motel, of course, the site of the Martin Luther King assassination. And uh, the universe works in beautiful ways. He is, actually has his own show, a conservative uh, talk radio show in NDC. So, Mr. Chris Plant, uh, nice to meet you. Good to meet you. This is how America works. What a right? crazy time, yeah. huh? Isn't that great? So, tell us, uh, when is your show and what station and can we stream it? Sure you can. You're the Chris Plant Show. I'm, I'm based at WMAL in Washington, D.C. I'm actually syndicated uh, about 83 stations. Nice. Uh, WABC in New York and WLS in Chicago. Wow. And, uh, and uh, I've heard of them. other stations, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's, you know, it's a conservative political talk. I'm the guy on before Rush Limbaugh in Washington. Wow, can you warm them up? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so tell you're going to tell me a little story about uh, Dealey Plaza. I was well. We were just talking, standing here in front of the Lorraine Motel. And, uh, and you mentioned Dealey Plaza and asked if I had been to the museum on the sixth floor uh, at Dealey Plaza, and I have not. But I said coincidentally just the other day, I ran into uh, someone, sort of a new friend in Virginia, who has just retired from the United States Army after more than 30 years, command sergeant major. And uh, we were making our way through the day, and he told me that, that when he was five years old, his father... Growing up in Texas, his father brought him to Dallas, Texas, because President Kennedy was coming to Dallas, wow. and he wanted to bring him down to huh. uh, to, to see, see the, the motorcade go by. And there they were in Dilly Plaza at that fateful moment, wow. age of five, on his father's shoulders. Wow. And he has pictures of himself from uh, you know black and white pictures from uh, the, the investigation where uh, there he is with his father. And wow! Yeah, isn't that crazy? Does he? Uh, did he have? Um any insight into the grassy knoll? No, we didn't get into that. Okay. Uh, we didn't get into that at all, really. We were just talking about uh, you know moments in history and, and where you might have been, where you might have touched history. You know, I uh, actually wrote a song you might find interesting called Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby in a Kavanaugh hat. Whoever taught you to shoot a pistol like that? 
you snuck in the basement and you stood in the back, Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby, and Kavanaugh ham. That's kind of my take. I don't necessarily point <laughs> fingers at any one person. I point a lot of fingers at several different entities. Uh-huh. But anyway... Um, well, let so, me tell you, I have two stories. Yeah, right? I have yeah, two yeah, quick yeah. stories sure. related to what you're talking about there. First of all, my, my stepfather was a CBS News correspondent for more than 50 years. His name is Bill Plant. And really? Uh, I'm he, familiar with Bill Plant. And he just retired about a year ago. But he, uh, he actually covered... Uh, the civil rights movement. He, he interviewed Martin Luther King. Uh, he, uh, I have videotaped film footage of him uh, interviewing Martin Luther King. And he came here and he covered the funeral of Martin Luther King as well. Uh, and you mentioned Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby. I, I also, a friend of my father's growing up, was another CBS News correspondent, a guy by the name of Ike Pappas. Okay, and I remember that name. Uh, from the Chicago Bureau. And he was a great guy, hilarious, a lot of fun. And, uh, and he was, after the John F. Kennedy assassination, he was sent to Dallas to, uh, instantly after the shooting, to cover the story, and he was there, standing, uh, uh, waiting for the, the sheriff, the police, to bring right. Lee Oswald. Harvey Oswald sure. out, and Jack Ruby pushed my friend Ike Pappas out of the way, wow. you can see in the footage, pushes, nudges him wow. out of the way, and reaches forward with the, uh, the pistol, Ike Pappas of CBS News. Wow. Ike died a couple of years ago, a few years ago, but uh, but uh, I never quite let him live that down. Right. You know, I'll just tell you that. Wow, that's yeah. an incredible story. Yeah. So, and so, what uh, are you just on a kind of a sightseeing trip down here in Memphis? Well, I'll tell you the truth. We're uh, we're headed down to Old Miss to see the graduation tomorrow. Um, uh, my best girl's uh, niece is graduating from Old Miss. Nice. And we try to make all the graduations for the nieces and nephews, high school and college. And and I'd never been to Memphis before. Neither have I. So we landed at the airport and made a beeline to the Lorraine Hotel, Great. the Lorraine Motel, and. Um, and I think we're going to, you know, maybe take in a couple of Elvis things, and uh, then we're hitting the road for Oxford, Mississippi. Beautiful. Well, it's really been yeah. a pleasure bumping into you. Um, this is the way America works, yeah, right? I love this country. Yeah. How about it, huh? Oh, me too. Let me ask you this. Sure. Um, I've got my eye on a fellow you probably know who I think is going to be our next senator, Richard uh-huh. Painter. Yeah, in, in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I I know his name, but that's about all I can. He's tell you a lot on. Uh, he's you know on MSNBC, CNN. I think he's yeah. been on Fox, but he was uh, uh, George Bush's senior ethics advisor. Okay, and he was a pro- Republican. He's bailing on the party, uh-huh. and he's going to run as a Democrat in okay. Minnesota. And I think he has a hell of a chance. Well, it is Minnesota. You know, running as a Republican <laughs> doesn't give you much of a chance at all. Well, I voted actually. Uh-huh. I voted for Arnie Carlson, uh-huh. a great Republican governor who just endorsed. Uh, Professor Painter. Is that right? So we're pretty open-minded out there. Oh, I know it's, that's the big idea. I remember when we were all more open-minded than we are today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually, I worked for CNN, too. You mentioned CNN. I worked for CNN for 17 years. Did you work uh, in the radio part? No, I didn't. I was in television, the, uh, okay. the Washington Bureau for uh, for CNN, doing general assignment, and then I covered national security. I was assigned to the Pentagon for okay. 10 years, covering the military and the intelligence community for CNN for a decade. You know, years ago, 40 years ago, I grew up on the Iron Range in Minnesota, uh-huh. and I was on a little station called WHLB. We used to refer to as We Have Lousy Broadcasting. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there was a guy, you know, back then, the AMDJs, you know the radio, where you in this town for two years, then a year over yeah, there, sure, yeah. and you flop all over. Well, I, there was a guy named Harley Hodgkiss. He's a few years older than me, and I lost track with him for about 30 years. And all of a sudden, about 15 years ago, I got an email. I said, Harley, what are you doing? He goes, he was the head of the CNN radio network in Atlanta. Oh, no kidding. He's not there anymore. How about that? Um, but anyway. It's a that, tiny little planet. We're going to need a bigger planet one of these days, aren't we? <laughs> Population <laughs> control, my brother. All right. Well, thank you so much. You guys hey, have a Paul, great real time. Pleasure. Hey, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, good guy. if I get out to uh, D.C., I'll give you a call. All right, buddy. All, All right. right. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Would you take a picture of us? I'd be happy to. <laughs> that you is bet. great. More live interviews on my Memphis documentary on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com.
Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. It's a good day to be indigenous. Native Earth Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts, Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Now through September 1st at the Museum of Russian Art is an exhibition of Minneapolis-based painter Leon Husha. The Art of Leon Husha Balancing Act showcases more than 50 pieces from 29 different collectors in the largest show ever of his bold and colorful work. A hometown favorite, the energy of Leon's playful art spans sculptures, paintings, and non-traditional media. See for yourself today and bring home a signed print or exhibition catalog from the museum store. For details, visit tmora.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Tonight, chance of thunderstorms, low around 68. Sunday, chance of showers, partly sunny with a high near 85. And Monday, more showers, partly sunny with a high near 81. Warner Stallions is celebrating the grand reopening of its remodeled original store in St. Paul this weekend with food and fun for the family. On top of their unbeatable appliance prices, enjoy face painting and treats from Minnesota favorites, Johnny Pops and No Name Steaks. Learn more at warnerstallion.com. Dot com slash events. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. Back to my documentary recorded live in Memphis, Tennessee, May 10th, 2018. All right, it's my pleasure to be uh, sitting on the stoop of the Hard Rock Cafe on Second and Beale, which used to be Lansky's uh, clothing store, where Elvis used to get his does, with my uh, buddy Anson Funderburg from the great... Uh, Town and state of Dallas, Texas. Anson, what do you do? You got done, just got done playing with the jam. I did. How'd it go? It was good. Who'd you play with? I played with the Andy T Band. Had a good time. Did that with Diana Greenleaf, who is a, from Houston, Texas, and a good friend of mine. I've known her forever. She actually sang at Sam's funeral for us. Really? Yeah. She's a sweetheart, man. And what a set of pipes. Yeah. Beautiful. So uh, that was the band you you, you uh, were playing with at the uh, Bayfront Blues last summer, right? That's true. Yeah. It sure was. We had Alabama Mike last year singing right. with I us. I remember him. And uh, he's great, too. And he, and he will actually be out with us when we continue uh, starting towards the end of June. Are you playing anywhere tonight? Uh, I'm playing across the street. At BB uh, Kings? At BB Kings. For a little bit with a buddy of mine, Gary Nicholson, who's a singer-songwriter out of Nashville. Yeah, now what has he written? I've heard his name. Oh, God. He and Delbert wrote uh, Baby Can You Squeeze Me In by Garth Brooks and wow. Patricia Yearwood. Uh, Trouble with the Truth, Patty Loveless. Wow. Uh, to name but a few. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 a bunch. Hey, B.B. King's place. I, I imagine over the years you probably got a chance to meet, if not play with B.B. 
never played with BB, but I, we opened up the show for BB in Atlanta one time, and I met, met him many, many times. He was a, one of the most wonderful people I've ever met. I met him when I was 15 years old, and he sent me on the stage with him, gave me a pick. As the crowd went by, all the, the older women, and, and, and he sat and talked to me for a second and shake hands, and he was just the kindest human I believe I've ever met. That's a beautiful thing. You know, it's funny because Howard Wolf told Hubert Sumlin to get rid of the pig. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hi, hon. Two different approaches. What would you say about BB's plan? I mean, you know it. At first, that first note he plays, you know, that's BB King. Nobody he, sounded like him. He, I mean, he had his own thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. What a stylist. I mean, he played one note and he knew it was him. Just killing vibrato. Beautiful. I mean, just beautiful. When you were going up in Dallas, you must have had a chance to hear quite a few great guitar players. Did you get a chance to hear, like, Billy Gibbons and Jimmy Vaughn and the Cats? I heard Billy Gibbons many times. Oh, the Vaughns, you know, Jimmy and Stevie Vaughn. Albert King used to come through, Jimmy Reed, Lightning Hopkins. I played with Freddie King. Freddie King many times, many times. What was it like playing with Lightning? Oh, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I mean, you know, he sort of, he played it the way he wanted to play it. He really had to sit and listen to his vocals and change when he, when his vocal changed, you changed. Right. It wasn't just like a formula. Right. He just kind of did it one way he wanted to do it. Thirteen bar blues. <laughs> it could be. Was it kind of incredible watching him to just grab those nerds out of the air and, and oh, throw them together? He's just crazy. He's a poet. He's a poet. He is a poet. So, did you get a chance to, uh, when did you start playing in Austin then? Probably, I mean, I played in Austin in the 70s some. I actually moved to Austin, lived there for a year. Actually, from 74 to 75, towards the end of the summer of 75. And I played some down there, but really didn't have that much luck. Uh, but moved back to Dallas and started the Rockets in 78. And that's kind of when things started going better for me. For those that don't know out there in the uh, radio land, uh, when you mentioned uh, Sam, you were talking about Sam Myers, the great harmonica player. Yes, Sam And uh, I had the pleasure of booking you guys two or three times at Famous Dave's in Uptown in Minneapolis. And I remember uh, Sam, he was blind, but he used to have a little hand stamp with his signature. That's correct. Yeah. He started, I think he got that from Gatemouth. Really? Yeah. We played a festival one time with Gatemouth and... Uh, Gate mouth, it was like a dollar for a stamp. <laughs> and if you really wanted his signature, it cost five. <laughs> I like his style. I like his style, too. Now, Gate mouth, who played everything in, in uh, I think he used an E position. He just used a capo, right? He just capo yeah, he, up with a, whatever whatever key that the song was in and played fiddle. He did play fiddle. And uh, now, rumor has it, he always had that pipe. What I heard, it wasn't always full of tobacco. No, I think he liked to smoke a little marijuana from time to time. <laughs> he was a good old rascal. He, he was, it was a pleasure knowing him. Was he a Texas guy? He was near... Or Louisiana. He was right there on the border. Okay. You know? Uh, but, uh, you know, he... he he made all those beautiful recordings for Don Roby's label on Peacock, and, and uh, all that early gate mouth was just killer. Yeah. Okie dokie stomp, and uh, Gate Ain't Salty, and all those great songs. Well, you've been, you know, you and I were hanging out with, with our friends last night after the uh, Blues Awards. Our friend Willie Walk was up for five, didn't win any, but... Truthfully, I don't know if you saw it. He stole the damn show. I did not see it because I didn't. I actually didn't get into town until about nine o'clock. So 
I missed the award show last night, but I tell you what, Willie is a special yeah guy, and you know he's one of those people that just kind of came here with it, and he's brilliant. When he opens his mouth, it's just unbelievable. Well, you know, you play with him. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, you can't learn to sing like that. You have to be oh. born. That's a gift from God. It's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. Now, what and it's it? a, and it, it's a, you know, that being said, it is a shame that he's been here several times. Like three, two, three times. times. Yeah, yeah. It was eight nominations, yeah. I believe. And, and uh, actually come back empty-handed to Minneapolis, is, it's a shame to me. Well, you know, I called him this afternoon, and I told him, I said, and he's so humble, and uh, I'm sure it hurts him a little bit, but but he's a real man, and, and he knows the politics of the blues, but I told him, Willie, I said, you're like the godfather. I said, the godfather, nobody really sees the godfather that much, but we know who he is. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Well, he is the godfather. I'm telling you, he's, he is really, he's really something else. Anson, I, I'll ask you one more thing, and I know you want to go inside and hang out, but um, oh, look, two more things. We just heard John Primer do I'm a Man. Is Primer as good as it gets? That's as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, I he's mean, the real deal. He is the real deal. Yeah. And Rob, Bob Stroger on the yeah. bass. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and those two are, you know, truthfully, they're two of the last men standing. I, they certainly are. You know? They now, Anson, you've been doing this for 40-plus years uh, as a working professional who makes money with his guitar. So you've seen this whole blues scene go up, go down, go back and forth. And and now, like a lot of the cats that you played with, that I was able to book, I played with a few, Hubert Summon, Hubert Summon, Magic Slim, uh, Carrie Bell, Pine Top Perkins, you know, they've all gone on to Blues Heaven. So what do you think? There's a lot of youngsters playing it. What do you think is the actual state of the blues right now? You know, it's hard to say, Paul. I mean, we managed to still make a living out of it, but it's it's hard. That's living know. in parentheses. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's really tough, and, and but it was tough before. Yeah. You know, it got better for a short period of time in the in the late 80s and early 90s, but, I mean, it was brief. And, I mean, I, my advice to anybody wanting to play blues is is that you need to, you know, or really just music in general. Right. You, you better love it. Yeah. Because you may not make a whole lot of money. Right. It. You better play it because it's what you're supposed to do. Right. And it's what you love. Love the life you lead and lead the life you love. That's it. Anson, uh, and I got to tell you, it's such a pleasure to get to know you as a buddy because you've been one of my favorite guitar players for 30 years. Oh, and uh, uh, my first time in Memphis, man, can't you just, I was telling somebody yesterday when I was walking down the street, there's like just this low hum, yep. this vibe, there's just something here. Might be that Mississippi River. Yeah. I like that river. Big you money. know about that Mississippi I've been to the headwaters. That's right. Anson Funderburg, you have a wonderful weekend. What time did you set tonight at BB's? I think it's 6.45. Okay. Something like that. Well, I will be there. Anson, thanks for talking with me on the Wall Power Radio. Out. Thank right, you, Paul. Hey, Love you. Love All you, right. too.
just heard Wee Willie Walker with the Anthony Pauly Band at the Breda Soul Festival in 2015 in Italy. One more segment on the Wall of Power Radio Wallet after these messages. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two-Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. We need Richard Painter in the United States Senate. I'm Mari Pokonowski and the former president of the DFL Feminist Caucus. Our democracy is under siege by the Trump administration. Foreign influence is unchecked as politicians exploit power for private gain rather than for public good. The corruptive influence of money in politics makes government unresponsive to the people. For 25 years, Richard Painter has been speaking out against corruption on Wall Street and in Washington. Now, we need him fighting for us in the Senate. He'll fight foreign-owned mining companies seeking to pollute our waterways. He's not taking any PAC money and will fight against money in politics and corruption on all levels of government. He'll fight to initiate investigations and hearings for the treasonous behaviors of President Trump. This is a unique candidate. Please join me in voting for Richard Painter in the DFL primary on August 14th. I'm Richard Painter, and I approve this message. Ad prepared and paid for by Painter Minnesota. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. Stages Theatre Company is dedicated to creating a space where diverse opinions, courageous dialogue, and community engagement is not only valued, but vital to our shared artistic and educational success. Stages Theatre Company creates a welcoming home for all. For over 30 years, Stages has supported quality theater programming for children. Stages gives opportunities for youth to be on stage, backstage, in the audience, and in the classroom. Whether you come to see a show, enroll a young person in a workshop, or benefit from their outreach programs in the community, Stages brings art to life. Learn about Stages Theater by going to stagestheater.org and become part of the magic of live theater by taking your family to an amazing show or enrolling someone you love in an education program. Stages Theater Company operates out of the Hopkins Center for the Arts, located in Main Street in the heart of downtown Hopkins. For more information on Stages Theater, go to stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We're back in Memphis, May 10th, 2018, speaking with Michael Frank, president of Earwig Records, harmonica player, and managed Honey Boy Edwards, a legendary blues man who was there the night Robert Johnson died. Actually, Money, Mississippi is very close to the cemetery where one of three graves of Robert Johnson is. It's on the Money Road, actually, coming out of Green, Greenwood, going towards Money, Mississippi, along the Mississippi River. There's a little graveyard there called the Zion Church. Okay. And Honey Boy didn't know where Robert was buried, but once he found out that there was a gravestone there, he figured that was the closest to where Robert lived okay. and the plantation he hung, hung out on when he died. Okay. So it made a lot of sense to him sure. that that would be where he was buried. Yeah. Now, we met at um, a festival put on by the John Robert Johnson's heirs in Greenville, okay. Greenwood, a gravedigger's widow that Steve Levere had found. Steve Levere was the researcher who established right. Robert Johnson's copyrights to his compositions. And there was this widow um, who, whose husband, deceased husband, uh, was a gravedigger at the time Robert Johnson died. Wow. Now, she remembered that her husband told her about a blues musician that died and where, approximately where, in the cemetery. Which cemetery? And there's a big old oak tree in the middle of it. And she, she remembered 
approximately where this musician was buried. She didn't know that it was Robert Johnson, but um, she remembered the day of the burial and that her wow. husband told her about digging the grave. Wow. So we met her, and it, it made a lot of sense to Honey Boy, but <laughs> Robert Johnson actually got sick at a place... Um, near the intersection of Route 82 and 49 coming okay. from Clarksdale into Greenwood. There's Now there's uh, some water uh, water maintenance uh, structure there, but it was this roadhouse just past that intersection, sort of in the middle of the intersection, but out in the middle of the right. field. And, and that's where Robert was playing the night that Honey Boy went out there and because Honey Boy used to play there too, right? And um, Robert was already sick, and they say maybe probably poison. Well, this is Honey Boy's theory because um, the guy who was the owner of the joint had a wife that Robert was messing around with, and according to Honey Boy, she had a, this woman had a a sister in Greenwood. So Robert, the sister would say she was going into town. The guy's wife would go into town allegedly to visit her sister and hook up with Robert. Right. But this is a small town, 1938. Right. Mississippi. So Honeyboy figured everybody knew what was going on. Right. So this guy figured it out. And according to Honeyboy, the easiest way to kill somebody back then would be to use poison because... Not so many people had guns, and that was easily traceable. traceable. Poison you couldn't trace back then. Forensic scientists didn't exist. So he, Honey Boy, the guy had a motive. Uh, and it was easy to slip through a waitress right. some poison liquor. So that's what Honey Boy figured it had to happen. And that put like was Robert lived was... for a couple years, days after that. Right. And Honey Boy actually went to see him. Wow. And he was sick, really sick. And died. Yeah. Well, that's about... That really completes these stories I've heard about. Thanks for sharing that, Michael. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that that guitar, that old Gibson that Robbie used to play, is ever going to show <laughs> up anywhere? You know, that's... That's hard to... You know, I, I wonder about that, too. All these old guitars that are around... Um, this is a, a funny story. Gail Dean Wardlow, who is a researcher, right. who actually, I think, right. found this, the death certificate in the courthouse in Greenwood, once came to King Biscuit Festival with an acoustic guitar that was very much uh, like one Charlie Patton played. I think it was a Stella of some sort. I don't know much about specific guitars. And so he wanted Robert Lockwood and Honey Boy to to attest to the, that this was Charlie Patton's guitar. Wow. And they said, well, you know, they were slick. They were on to what he was doing. Right. And, you know, make money off. So they said, well, yeah, he played something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Right, right. So, now, don't give up the ghost here, <laughs> unless you cut a sin. Yeah, right? yeah. So that was funny. But. Hey, I've always thought, you know, I, I did a gig... This had to be 25 years ago on the trip. You, have you ever made it to the Bayfront Blues Fest? Honeyboy played there a couple times, but I never got Yeah, well, I played there on the train with yeah, him. Yeah, he played on the train. And, and I'll never forget, it's the first time I met him. Yeah, we were sitting that. there at the old Union Depot, which was where the old yeah. trains ran all over the country. In fact, uh, that's where Woody Guthrie came through on his way from North Dakota okay. in the opening chapter of Bound for Glory. Wow. A lot of people don't realize then Woody got out. There was a fight. They figure somewhere by Hinkley, Minnesota a guy got knocked into a lake or a river and then the f first chapter ends of Woody's great book Bound for Glory yeah. at the Union Depot what they just, they've just they just redone in St. Paul. But I remember that night with Honey Boy because the sun was going down wow. and there was four or five cars on the train. There was one from the 20s, 30s, right. 40s, 50s, 60s. And, and so you really felt like you were coming back in time. And I was sitting there as the dust was coming up and the uh, starting and the stars are going up. I'm sitting there with Sonny, you know, uh, with Honey Boy. Yeah, and he looked like he was at home. Cotton, which his parents were sharecroppers. He figured out 
every different way to ride a train. Um, under the train, which is called riding the rods. Wow. Under the train, there's these steel rods. Um, Where the hell do you put your guitar when you ride the rods? Well, you, he had it strapped on his back. Wow. And then he said he would try to get a, a some kind of a board or something to put between him and the, the gravel railroad dead because those rocks would kick sure. up and beat the shit out of him. Oh, sorry, you can't That's say that right. on the radio. <laughs> and, and so they had to protect himself. But they also would ride in between the cars. Right. How, you know, just maybe you can find uh, old footage of people hobos hopping trains. Yeah. And there's there's a ladder on the side of the some well, that was one way to get on. Uh, so they'd be between the cars if if, if there was a, a a freight car with a sliding door. They would grab a railroad spike from the you know there are a lot of loose spikes. They grab sure. a spike and they would spike the door and they would spike the door about maybe six, eight inches to get some air in and keep the detectives from getting the door open because they were railroad detectives. So the railroad detectives would try to catch him and throw him out of the county farm, but they couldn't get the door open. Wow. That's high-stakes drama. And, and occasionally, you know, you, seem, you, know, you could ride on the top of the train. Um, and if you had money, you'd ride, what Honey Boy said, ride the cushions, buy a ticket. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This show was brought to you in part by Iron Range Resources and Rehabilitation. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Paul Sowey. I'd like to thank my hosts and hostess in Memphis, Tim Fitch, and his lovely gal, Erica. Watch my TV show, Wall of Power TV, at Comcast Channel 6 at 8 and 11.30 p.m. on Saturday night or stream from mcn6.org. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.